What's up, everybody? This is Moonshine coming back at you with my boy CC Stats. What's up, brother? How's it going? Uh, what's up, Moonshine? Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry How's Christmas, it going? Man. I don't have my Christmas hat on tonight. I opted for my first tea hat. I wanted to break it in my new hat. So nice. The first tea. Yeah. What man. you drinking tonight, brother? I got me a little 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 bourbon. Little I went I went back to some Jefferson tonight in my new glass that my friends gave us here. So you can't beat some Jefferson. No, I like me some Jeffersons. I'm lo- running a little low though. Got to got to make a little run here <laughs> for the holidays. Yeah, man. I go get a run of like two or three, and then that that gets a little uh, dived into after a couple weeks, you know. Yeah. But but tonight I'm in honor of Trackman not making it tonight. Uh oh, is it Multi Miller? Oh no, it's not a Multi Miller. <laughs> little slidey mighty man that's nice. my go-to ipa that's a good one i like that one that's a lot it's a good one easy drinking good stuff hey ben it's been it's been a couple weeks i know we, we've taken a little hiatus here um around thanksgiving we had one little recap of myrtle beach how you been what's 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 new in in the golf game what's new in the world in the life doing well man i've i've kind of put up the sticks for a few weeks you know for the holidays but um otherwise the energy level though for golf and for watching golf has almost gone up man i've just been like non-stop watching the golf channel like just thinking about golf and and what i'm going to try to do next year and watching instructional videos and that kind of thing i got to get down in the 80s man and like consistent back like when i was young but you got to help me do that. Hey, we'll, we'll go do a little short game lesson. Well, I figured we took our hiatus early. Golf, golf's kind of on a hiatus. We're kind of gear now. We're back. We're going to keep it rolling into the 2021, push 2020 to the side. And and there's a lot of golf news out there. I mean, I think we were talking a little while ago. There is a ton of golf news out there that's just kind of blowing up. You had the U.S. Women's Open last week. You got the PNC Championship, father, son, or son, father, or whatever it is. Well, and Annika Sorensen and Tom Sorensen playing this week. I don't want to say all father, son. You got the race for the CMA. You had the DP in Dubai, the European Tour Championship. Holy cow, Lee Westwood, where did he come from? Yeah, he had a good, I will say, that guy had a good year. He had a good year on the Euro Tour. When I picked him when he was over here, he didn't do a squat, but good for him, man. Won that, won that tournament. Um, He's got some longevity, doesn't he? I mean, come on. That dude, dude has been play. solid for years. I mean, I wish he was would kind of get it together <clears throat> in major championships. He's like Phil, right? He's had several yeah. top tens over his career. But um, I guess the Euro Tour is going to resume their full schedule, so that's kind of getting back on track. And 2021 will be a Ryder Cup year, so that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, you got – I mean, no, no big tournaments coming up in the next few weeks, but then, shoot, I think we're, what, three weeks out of the uh, century over in Kapalua with the yeah, Tournament of Champions, and then I love Sony that Open. Tournament. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's your um, – so speaking of Ryder Cup, it just made me think about it. Who would be your um, one of your shoe-ins that Stricker picks? Ooh, I have to look at the Ryder Cup standings to tell you that, but I don't know. That's a good one. I actually was looking at it the other day. And a couple of guys kind of surprised me. I was look. I was looking up one of our previous guests to kind of see where he might stand in the Ryder Cup standings. Oh yeah, because <laughs> he had a good year, but he wasn't <laughs> up there. But yeah, because there's only six picks this year, and he's got six captains' picks. So, I mean, I think, I, I mean, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think they'd probably all be shoe ins, and maybe Patrick Reed. I don't know. I mean, he's he's played there, but. Matthew Wolf, I think, would probably be if if the tournament would or that that event would be in January. I think you'd have to put him in there, um, right? 
you know, Webb Simpson's up there. Finau's nine. Out of, out of those guys right there, the seven, eight, nine, ten, I think you definitely have to put Wolf in there. I mean, you got one, you got DJ, DeChambeau, Thomas, Kepka, Morikawa, and Shoffley. Um, Kepka makes me nervous, though, right now. I think he'll get yeah, it ironed out, but he has not played well. He did. Not, I will say he probably didn't think his, this year was up to his standards. Obviously, mm-hmm. he didn't win a major, but um, yeah, he didn't play well, especially down the stretch. I think when he thought he was going to play good, even at the Masters. So yeah, I think you got to go with who's hot too. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. he just. I think he needs another, you know, half of a PGA Tour season. Maybe by the summer he'll start getting it rolling. Hopefully, um, but yeah, I, I feel the same way about Brooks right now. But I, the, you know, who they need to put in, and I don't know if he'll he'll pick him but he needs to is Kisner. I mean, with Kisner's consistency at the president's cup, I mean, he's just one of those dudes. He's like a European Ryder cup guy, you know, just solid hits greens. I mean, you're going to, you just got to be consistent at the Ryder cup to win those matches. And I really think he could win one of those lower tier matches. Um, He's not far off. He's, he's sitting just looking at the standings. He's sitting 13th right now. So he's, He's just outside the top 12. And actually, I'll I'll throw on top of this because this guy, I think, has had probably one of the more consistent past two year and a half, two years is Patrick Cantlay, and he's right above him at 12. Both of yeah, those guys. That's true. Yeah, um, Patrick's good. I think he's been pretty consistent through there. And um, I like what he's shown, the, kind of the grit and the, the toughness over the past year and a half on tour. So, yeah, it ought to be interesting. I mean, that's um, coming up next fall at uh, up in um, – What's you call it? Whistling. Right? Whistling straight. Yeah yeah. 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 And then, um, yeah, because the President's Cup got pushed back, I think, another year. Because the President's Cup was supposed to be at Quail Hollow this coming year. And they're going to move the uh, Wells Fargo to TPC Potomac. But we'll wait another year and we'll get to Wells Fargo up here in 2022. So, yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to it, man. A lot it's of golf be, news. It's crazy. It's going to be good. So, yeah, speaking of golf news, um, one thing that I've kept my eye on and a lot of golf fans are looking forward to is this weekend with the PNC Championship. Got old uh, Eldrick and the Sun battling the Thomas uh, the Thomas crew. I love it. I love got it. I was Dailies. looking at – You got Bernhard, Bernhard's in there, right? Um, Padraig and his people. son, the Dailies, like you said. Um Bubba Watson's playing with his father-in-law. I don't know what his father-in-law, Wayne Ball, is going to do, but um, got the Sharks playing. Uh, let's see. who who If I were a betting man, I think I'd probably have to throw a little cash on J.D. and J.D. Jr. I mean. Yeah, where did they finish last year? Did, have you seen? I think I looked it up they, before. I think they were top five, top six. Um, I mean, and look, look what that kid's done in the past year, but. You know, don't rule out guys like um, I think Furyk's kid's pretty good, and um, who else? I was just looking at somebody else. Kucher, uh, uh, I think Kucher's kid's pretty good too. So I mean, you got Duval. I think Duval, Duval, and his son. So yeah, it ought to be fun to watch. I mean, and then of course you have the man Tiger playing with Charlie. And I just read this. He'll get a kick out of this. Guess who Charlie Woods' caddy is? Who's that? Joe LaCava's son. They're bringing it all in. <laughs> it's a family that's affair. Awesome. Family affair. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be some good energy in that. It'll be some great energy. So um, uh, the only thing I don't like about Joe LaCava is he likes the Giants, but he's a, I think he's probably a pretty cool cat. So yeah, it'll be fun. They got a little 
guess it starts Saturday and then a little final round on Sunday and three hours of live golf on Sunday and a week before Christmas. He doesn't get any better than that. Football football on one TV and golf on another. It's like April. I'm going to be tuned in, man. I'm jacked. Yeah. Hey, I just saw this too. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Annika Sorenstam is eyeing a return, not a full-time return, but eyeing a possible return at the U.S. Senior Women's Open next year. She's been dusting the clubs off and I guess wants to play in a major or two and kind of get back out there. So what, what do you t- what's your take on that? I mean, pretty good. She was pretty good. She still is pretty good. I'd love to see her out there again. I mean, that's that's awesome. I, did, I didn't see that news yet. So, yeah, I look forward to it. I mean, I, I, I wonder what her game is right now. You know, I don't know. I mean, I just know from her Instagram that she plays, but you know, I don't know. I don't know how well, she's playing she's, right she's, now, but I assume she'll still yeah. play well. I mean, I don't think I don't know if I don't know if she'll be in contention, but yeah, you know, she's, she's. I think she obviously she's such can still a global play. ambassador for the game of golf. So I think everybody would love to see her um, swing again and get out there and play a little bit. Um, I think it would be good for not just the LPGA, but or the senior open or whatever, I think it's good for golf in general. So um, kind of exciting news to, for, for, to see that. Um, but yeah, we got the race of CME tour championships this week. I'll be honest. I don't know much about, I mean, I, I know about the LBJ tour like most people, but I couldn't tell you who's uh, in the running. I mean, I would guess that I think it usually it's kind of like the FedEx cup comes down to the end and certain amount of people have a chance to win in the $1 million or whatever it is. So, um, they're playing that in Naples. Um, I would say my money's on Danielle Kang. Yeah. She's, she's got her game back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I just think this year has been tough for everybody. I think it's hard for people to follow and figure out what's going on and everything else, but I'm excited. I mean, you got to have golf in December, even you had a, a women's, major championship being played in December last week. I mean, um, yeah, it's exciting. Golf, golf in December is definitely exciting. And it rolls right into, you got the tournament of champions coming up first week of January. So, um, good it's not stuff. stopping. We got, we got some good golf to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Before you know, it'll be April again. Right. <laughs> and then we'll see uh tiger strolling down Augusta 18 with uh, another victory. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully with a million fans standing there cheering his name just like right. it was two years ago when your boy Trackman and I were there. So what else golf related you want to talk about? Anything else? Any college golf? Any- yeah, so I was watching a little bit of the PXG uh, golf showcase a little bit. I didn't I was telling you a little bit about it before we got on is the uh, the format of the television broadcast was a little strange where they they didn't really show the full um, match details, you know, it was more a speed round kind of just showing particular shots and things, which I didn't love. Cause I mean, they just showed all the good shots, which was kind of wasn't what I was looking forward to on, to watch that, but it was cool seeing some college golf, you know, you see, uh, oh, uh, coach Bratton out there, Oklahoma state and caddy and for wrote, um, you know, a lot of those young guys are awesome. And it, I've got into college golf so much in the last couple of years. And I think it's, because golf channel is covering so much more um, of these tournaments and things. Um, So it's just been, been cool seeing these young guys and then actually seeing them come up on tour where you'd hear about little bit on golf channel or a little bit through golf media about certain names and things like that in the past. Um, I mean, maybe I 
that it was on and maybe I just didn't see, but I just feel like there's a lot more coverage. There's a lot more buzz on these young guys and, Absolutely. And, and you can kind of follow them up through college like any other sport. So I've been enjoying it. Yeah, I, re- I was reading this a little bit before we came on. I guess the SEC has put some certain rules in place for college golf um, for the SEC teams. Uh, they can have an events within the SEC footprint and a max of 15 competition days, which kind of limits what's going on. And obviously, I think that's due to COVID-19 and everything that's going on. But kind of interesting to see what some of the other conferences do and how that might affect the game of golf or the college golf game, you know, going through the spring and then what it looks like for teams coming down um, there in May when we have the uh, NCAA tournament. So hopefully, you know, knock on wood, hopefully kind of everything's kind of rolling back to normal, but yeah, college golf. I think we've talked about that before. It's it, I've paid more attention to college golf over the past year and a half, two years um, and kind of seeing what's going on because I think those are the guys that we're going to start seeing. I mean, you look at seven, eight years ago, the guys like Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, like I remember watching Spieth at Texas. I remember watching Spieth at the AT&T National as an play as an amateur and he was still at Texas. So it'd be nice to see some of the – cool to see some of those guys and be recognized some of those guys that we're watching now. All of a sudden, boom, they're making the next jump up to the Corn Ferry or the PGA Tour and give some more younger competition to kind of cheer for and root for. So, um Maybe there'll be another guy out there that want to hit at 350 like Bryson. So um, <laughs> probably. Hey, did you see did you see Bryson with Kyle Berkshire? I did. Can you believe that? An eight, eight, iron, eight iron 300, 300 yards. yards. That and dude apparent- can smash the golf ball. It's insane. And, and apparently he can hit a lob wedge 260. <laughs> that's I mean, that's just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't challenge him in a three club challenge. <laughs> no, no chance. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. That kid has got some serious talent. I mean, and he's playing golf every day. I mean, I think, you know, I, I wonder what it takes to, I mean, because his golf game looks great, but I just, I wonder what it takes to just break through that to the PGA Tour, you know, like yeah. what else he needs to add to his game. Yeah, it, I, it would be interesting, definitely interesting to see. I mean, I guess maybe if him and Bryce are working together a little bit, maybe maybe there's something there. Maybe Berkshire's giving him tips, and then he's giving Berkshire tips the next way he can make the jump. I don't know. But eight iron, 300 yards. I think I hit my eight iron max if I get on at 150. <laughs> he, hits a, <laughs> he hits a double what I hit mine. It's nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. That's uh insane, Good stuff. Man. man, I love golf. Yeah. Especially December. Like are. I said before, December golf as we uh, – Rolling here to good old St. Nick's coming to town in a week. So um, it's got like another Christmas present. We're having golf in December. Right. And then Christmas, you know, maybe get a couple Christmas presents. They get you ready for the year. You know, it's just, I don't ever go away from the game, man. It just, I love it, dude. I eat, sleep, and drink golf. It's, it's what I tell the kids at the first tee. It's a golf game you're going to take with you the rest of your life. And it doesn't matter what time of the year. If it's cold, you can, you know, you can putt inside. If it's, warm you can go to the range i mean we had beautiful weather here last weekend um so yeah i'm excited i, I need to i wish it would warm up a little bit and so i could get out and maybe hit some wedges and just work on the short game that's all i really like to work on this time of the year but um yeah love the game of golf nothing better awesome but yeah so we got some awesome guests to come up on uh, next several weeks you know we're gonna have some golf instructors uh some more uh guys on the the mini tours, corn fairy. Uh, but tonight, um, we look forward to talking to David, uh, Coker, another corn fairy guy that had a good year. 
Uh, I think he's about to break out onto the PGA Tour. So excited to talk to him about some of his um, his uh, route to uh, hopefully the PGA Tour and kind of the Corn Ferry and grinding through these tours. Um, great guest. You're all going to love this interview. Uh, good guy. So look forward to it. Let's go. Let's go. Right, we got you on finally. And uh, I know we've been chatting a little bit and um, hell of a year this year, man. 24th. Yeah, Corn Ferry, how are you feeling uh, about the golf game and, and this past season? Yeah, it feels good. I mean, I haven't played that much since uh, we ended the season. Uh, I've been taking off a br- or taking off a little bit, uh, just trying to, you know, catch up with all my friends. Move, we moved into a new place in Uptown Charlotte, so just trying to enjoy life uh, a little bit uh, outside right. of golf because it was such a, you know, long season post uh, quarantine and everything. But uh, game, game feels good. Uh, I've been playing a little bit, practicing a little bit. Excited uh, to go down to Florida at the start of the new year, though. Yeah, man. Playing practice down there. So, so how was it? You know, you were pretty hot before the break. So, you know, you had your win, and I think you well, you had one of your top tens right uh, before mm-hmm. the break, and then you do the quarantine and that. How was all that COVID process, and then coming back and where after you were on a heater like that? Yeah, it was good. I uh, obviously I played well before um, COVID hit. Uh, I think I, I finished fourth and. Sarasota and then one two weeks later in Mexico and um, I was playing really well and I was really excited to go down to Louisiana and then I think that Friday before Louisiana uh, I was about to leave and uh, make my way down to I think it landed up for the night and then Birmingham and kind of play a few different places along the way my agent called me he's like I wouldn't go if I were you like I think they're going to cancel the event I'm like what? what's going on I'm playing so well like I'm right come on so, um, we had a, I think three months off and um, I did not I didn't really play that first month that much because I was like, you know, I, it could last for like quite a while. Like I knew they canceled NBA. I knew they canceled like a lot of other sports. I was like, you know, I'm going to have a lot of time off. Might as well uh, take a break. Cause I'm not sure how much of a break I'll get when I get back and um, practiced and everything. And um, when I got like, once I got back into golf and then um, once quarantine ended and we started back playing, I struggled quite a bit coming back, but kind of found my form a little bit at the end of the season. And, um hopefully I can carry that into next year it was kind of weird just because we never have that long of a break in the middle of the season and um after playing so well I was like you know I I can't wait to keep this going and then um all of a sudden all of a sudden it stopped so quickly and I was like I was like sweet like I'm I like all of a sudden you're you think you're gonna be on the PGA Tour and you're not so it was tough but um a lot of good experiences this year which I was excited about and we're your top 25 so your points will carry over into this following season is that right yeah, my points will carry over, which uh, which is good. But um, it was kind of weird because I played well at the beginning of the year. didn't play well, you know, the really the rest of the year. And so I'm excited because, you know, if I play well this next year, then I'll have a really good chance of being on the PGA Tour. Yeah, so um, do you get any starts this year on the tour, on PGA Tour, or you uh, do some qual- Monday qualifier type, type deal? Or? I think I'll play in a few Monday qualifiers. Hopefully I can um, get a sponsor exemption into uh, Wells Fargo. Um, I tried for that last year, but they obviously canceled the event. So um, I'm not, I, I'm going to try for that. And then, um, but I'm just probably since I'm 24th and just barely inside the number um, I'm going to stick to corn Ferry pretty much all year. And um, I'm going to play as many events as I can play and try to give myself the best chance of being on tour full time. um, Talk about about how, obviously you're playing playing good and, and all of a sudden everything gets shut down how does that affect your mental game and all of a sudden kind of ramp things back up yeah it definitely affected um def- definitely affected it quite a bit because um i tried to keep 
um, obviously I was playing well and uh, I'm really excited to, you know, keep playing, keep playing well, keep, you know, making money, make it or getting points and everything. And um, then all of a sudden I was like, you know, like, I don't have to play if I don't want to, like, this is weird. Like I, uh, and so, you know, going, coming back from quarantine, I was like, I still kind of came out with the same mindset, you know, I should be playing well. I should um, be finishing well in all these tournaments when I just didn't have the game that I had, you know, um, out of coming out of Mexico. So it was definitely frustrating coming back and being like, you know, I should be competing in a lot of these tournaments. And I just wasn't, my game wasn't there. Um, and it took me a little bit to find it. And um, I just wasn't as consistent as I wanted to be, you know, late in tournaments, or I would have three good rounds every tournament and one, you know, pretty crappy round. So I was like, you know, if I could just figure out four solid rounds, then um, I could put a good tournament together. I put a few good tournaments together late in the season, but um, it was definitely a different mentality that I had to come out with and be like, you know, I don't have all my best stuff and I need to kind of put four solid rounds together without having, you know, my whole game. And that was tough, but I thought I figured it out pretty well late, late in the year. And it was good because, you know, for my whole professional career, I've been professional three years. I really haven't struggled like I did coming out of quarantine. And so it was cool to figure it out and, uh, you know, have a lot of, a lot of weeks where I, I wasn't playing well, but yet I still finished well. And um, I still, you know, made the cut and had a solid weekend. So that was nice. And I learned a lot, you know, not playing well this year. So hopefully I, you know, when I don't play well in the future, I can still, you know, have good tournaments and still have, bring confidence um, to the table. So just obviously this year is probably more unique than most, but talk about the grind. Obviously you said you've been on tour for three years or pro for three years. Just talk about the grind. Cause I don't think a lot of people, I mean, I do. And I think Mark does talk about the grind and the demands of practicing, traveling, playing in all these tournaments, just the kind of day in and day out. What, what's it like and how does it take a toll on you, on you and your body and your mental game too? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a grind. I mean, last year I played PJ tour China, which was a different kind of grind just because um, of 16 hour flights every couple of weeks. And um, so the travel for me this year was actually way easier than I was used to uh, after last year, uh, not eating, you know, American food, not eating, you know, all the time, healthy food. I'm eating a lot of McDonald's in China. So this year I was like, okay, like I can get a, you know, steak if I want to, I can get a, a salad if I want to, I can go to Chipotle if it's, you know, a late night, um, that was a lot easier, but playing, you know, 15 out of 17 weeks in a row is not easy. And that is, that is really hard. So that was more of a grind this year and just being like, you know, I, you know, like I said, like, even if I don't have my best stuff, I still have to, you know, figure it out and play next week. Like I, I don't get the, I don't get the opportunity to have three weeks off like I did on, uh, in PJ tour China. So I had to, you know, figure it out. I had to, you know, play without confidence a lot. I had to, um, you know, fix, fix stuff, you know, on the range after rounds, because, you know, next week I, I, I'm traveling all day Monday and then I get to Tuesday and I play nine holes. I'm tired. And then I have a pro on Wednesday and then the tournament starts the next day. So um, I had to figure out stuff a lot of times after the rounds or before the rounds or um, it was, it was definitely a grind. And plus, you know, I think the biggest thing people don't, you know, understand about professional golf is you're, you know, employing a caddy and you know I went through a few different caddies this year and um kind of you know getting a feel for their personalities you know if you're not playing well it's tough on not only you but them as well and so dealing with the different um the, with different personalities dealing with the you know the the team aspect of you know having a caddy as well so that's that was that was definitely a little bit different than um what I've been used to but um 
there's a lot of different stuff that goes into it. I mean, you have to figure out rest and do it all travel time, um, you know, practicing when you're not playing well, or if you are playing well, giving yourself, you know, like, you know, a few off days because, you know, you can, you can get into a pretty good rhythm, but you can also get out of rhythm pretty quickly out there as well. So, um, what, uh, you talk about the caddies. I mean, are you, I mean, you said you went through a couple different ones. Yeah. Are you using guys that are on tour or I mean, that have kind of been around or are you using people that you know, or things like so that? I started out the year, um, with a guy that I caddied, caddied for me in Q school, um, uh, named Aaron Walker. And, uh, he went to my high school. We were on the same high school team and he started caddying for me this year. And, um, he caddied for me, I think the first five tournaments and I won with a different, um, caddy, one of my other buddies, um, who caddies for chess and Hadley now. Um, but so yeah, I had him for a few tournaments and, um, but right now I'm, I have a guy and a guy I really like named, um, Rusty Stark caddy for Roberto Castro for, um, the past 10 years or so kind of on and off. And I really like him. He's a great guy. He's from Houston and we work really well together. Our uh, personalities kind of balance each other out. He's, uh, he's very competitive, very, um, but he's also a great friend and, um, he's a little bit older than me. So we get that, you know, he's, he has a lot of experience where in areas that I don't have experience. So it's, it's cool. And, um, I enjoy having that on the bag because a lot of times this year I had, you know, either younger caddies or caddies that, you know, um, just hadn't been around long enough to, you know, know all the guys out there and know all the, you know, officials, all the things that, you know, I needed help with. So that was cool. And uh, it's nice having Rusty on the bag. I really like him. Um, yeah, we really balance each other out. So yeah, definitely, definitely got to have that mesh. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize that, that you just got to have that mesh and that, that ebb and flow and that balance when the high for the highs and lows. So that's exactly right. And we so, saw that we saw that you're a Maryland, uh, old yeah. Maryland golfer, man. Uh, yeah. what's your favorite course in the DC area? Cause we're, uh, Northern Virginia guys. So okay. where, like? where are you guys in Northern Virginia? Uh, I'm in at? Fairfax and, uh, stats is in uh, Springfield. Oh, yeah, nice. so just, awesome. just right. Yeah, so we're about 35 minutes from the university of Maryland. Actually, I work for the first T and we have a first T location at the university of Maryland now. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so it's kind of weird. I love, uh, we play the Maryland course every day. So I, I love the Maryland course, but, um, I love Woodmont. I think Woodmore is an under, underratedly great course up there. Uh, I think the layout's great. I hit the ball pretty short and straight. So I really like, um, I really like Woodmore. Tricky greens. Very tricky greens. Tricky, tricky. Um, but I mean, I, I really, I mean, Woodmont's great. I love Manor Country Club. Um, but we play Big Tens every year at Bethesda Country Club, and that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I would probably go with Bethesda up in Maryland, or not, or uh, Baltimore Country Club up in Maryland or uh, Baltimore. Um, but I think Manor's great. Yeah. There's so many good courses up there. That was kind of one of the reasons I went to Maryland because I, you know, we played Maryland, uh, university of Maryland course a lot, but we had so many other great courses in Maryland that we could play at and practice at. And, um, you know, there's so much great history up there with golf too. So, uh, it was really cool to experience all the different golf courses and being from North Carolina, you only play on, you know, Bermuda, grass so being up there i was like you know i can take fat divots and <laughs> right <laughs> it's, it's cool because they just fly and i get to pick them up and it's it's you know makes ball striking that much more fun so um but yeah there's so many good courses up there it's hard to pick exactly how was it playing it. how was it playing penn state because you were there when it was big 10 right so because you're yeah. a penn state guy right i'm a big penn state fan my parents went there my brother's sister uh go there or went there and um, it was cool. I mean, I, I have nothing but love for, you know, all the Penn state guys and, um, 
they're all such good, such good buddies of mine. And, um, but yeah, uh, you know, I still go to Penn state games. I'm a Penn state football fan, but I'm a Maryland, everything else fan. So uh, I'll cheer for Maryland basketball this whole fall. And uh, we're not playing well, unfortunately right now, but uh, yeah, I, I loved, I loved playing the big 10. I loved uh, competing up there and uh, it was cool because, you know, we get to play, you know, we played Baltimore country club for two years. My last two years of school, we played Victoria national where we have an event. We have the tour tour championship um, now my first two years at big 10. So we played so many good courses and um, played Ohio state. So I played a lot of uh, the courses we played for corn Ferry this year, just in big 10 tournaments. Oh, really? so that was pretty cool. Uh, and it was cool to, you know, see how those courses played now versus, you know, when I played in the, uh, in college there. Obviously the, you know, college golf is competitive, but me as somebody who's watching it on TV, do you think the big 10 just doesn't get the love that the sec and the, some of the higher ranked ACC teams get, because I know even some, even some of the big 12 teams, do you think the big 10 just doesn't get the love that some of those other schools get? Yeah. I think the difference is, is that, you know, people from up North want to go down South because they can play golf all year round. And so a lot of times in the big 10, you don't have as deep of teams. I think the good players are just as good as the good players down in the sec, the ACC, the PAC 12 and everything, but they're just not as deep as the teams there. are. I mean, you have seven or eight guys in the sec or big 12 or ACC that, you know, could play any given week. You only have, three to five guys that could play every given week in the big 10 other than maybe Illinois, Purdue. So schools like that. Um, but, you know, playing against those schools, I mean, it's still just like, you know, one of the top or top college tournaments in the big 10 tournament, because I mean, you're playing against, I remember I played against Thomas Dietrich versus uh, Dylan Meyer, Nick Hardy. Um, I mean, all these guys are, I mean, really good professionals uh, in the Big Ten tournament or Big Ten match play or whatever, and guys that were first team, second team, third team All-Americans all the time. So, and I mean, it's not like we don't play a full Big Ten schedule. We played a lot of ACC, SEC teams, and, you know, I thought the best team I ever seen in college was, you know, I think my sophomore year at Maryland when Illinois was really good. I mean, they beat us last round of Big Tens by, I think, 35 shots, and we it came in second or something like that uh, the last round. And so it's just, it's just funny, like to see, um, how good those teams are and they're still up North. It's just, um, I think the, I think the thing is, is a lot of Northern kids want to go down South to play golf all year round because they don't always have the chance to. Right. So, yeah. I've never been up to Maryland, but what, how does that, the, the facilities at Maryland, how do they compare to some, maybe some of the other schools that maybe recruited you or, or some of the other yeah. big 10 schools that are out there? Yeah. I mean, like I said, like uh, the biggest thing is for me, I was like, Maryland, you can still play golf most all year round. And their, their break when I was looking at them was the last week in December or right before Christmas until the last week in January. So what, whatever I wanted to do in January, I was still going to get to play golf because I was either going to be in North Carolina or Florida or whatever. And then when you get to February, you only have one month of cold weather before it starts to get warm again. And so I was like, you know, Maryland's not that diff- much different than North Carolina. And it's close to D.C. I'm a big history guy. I studied history or American studies in college. So um, I was like, this is really cool. Get to play in the Big Ten. But uh, Maryland's facilities in general, I mean, we're playing, you know, Woodmore, Woodmont twice a week, pretty much. We play University of Maryland golf course. We have a really good short game facility. Um, and plus, it's just a big school. I mean, you have you can cheer for all the sports. You can cheer for basketball. I mean, we have great lacrosse teams, um, an okay football team. We're getting better, but, uh, 
I mean, it was just a, I thought it was the right fit and being close to DC, it was, it was, it was cool to be able to experience all those things at the same time, which made for a great college experience. Yeah, I heard today Maryland uh, flipped a flipped one of the top linebacker recruits from Michigan to come to Maryland. So, oh it's yeah, big. it's yeah. a big deal, big deal. Yeah, Loxley's Loxley's getting it going. So good. He for is him. getting it going. He is getting it going. So, uh, David, what are you working on um, after you get back into it um, on your game? Like, what what are you focusing on before you uh, start next season? Yeah. So this, I've noticed in my game in the past couple of years, I've kind of faded. Um, about the midway stretch of the season. I played started off well every year, whether it was in China or this past year, or even in college, you know, once I get back to school, I, I play so well at the beginning of the year. And I think, you know, middle of the year, I'm going to start, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it this fall is getting stronger, getting, um, getting more in shape. So by the time, you know, the midway season starts, I'm not fading. And I, um, I'm doing all the right things right now, whether it's like nutrition, all that stuff to, you know, put my body in a good, good position for the midway of the year, because I, you know, hopefully I, I expect to, you know, play well this year and be on the PGA tour in the fall. And I want to play well this fall um, when it comes to that time. So I'm doing those things. Um, when I get back, you know, I think the biggest thing is we all know is that, you know, when you're not playing that much, your short game kind of, kind of faltered a little bit. And um, I've played a lot the past couple of weeks and, you know, my putting just hasn't been there. It's one of the strong points of my game. So, um, just putting the reps there and, um, just working with my coach on all the right fundamentals. Um, it's so funny the past, the last time I went there, I just noticed my right foot, I'm a righty and my right foot was getting a little pointed in and I just wasn't having that big, big turn on my backswing. I was hitting it so short and I was like, why am I hitting it so short? I know it's cold out. I know I'm bundled up and everything. And we just kind of just barely squared up the, the right foot and I'm hitting it 10 yards, 20 yards farther. And I'm like, wow. wait a second. Like that was just that easy. I'm <laughs> I like, could have been doing like, that all the time. I'm like, I've been doing it the past like four months. I'm like, what is going on? Like, why couldn't you have told me this sooner? So it's just so funny. Like those little things you kind of pick up when you just don't, when you aren't playing that much and you're just kind of taking a rest and everything. So I'm enjoying that right now. I'm enjoying kind of just kind of resetting because I haven't played that many tournaments um, in a row. And um, I mean, forever. So it's uh it's nice to be able to just relax and, you know, kind of focus on the mental side and resting and right. uh, getting a little um, stronger in the gym, getting a little healthier and um, just trying to make sure I'm ready for the start of the new year. So I'll go down to Florida. Like I said, like I think the second or third week of January, be down there for a month and play every day, play a few mini tour events, get ready for the first event of the season. So nice. You know, I, uh, you just mentioned, you know, fall and obviously your goal to play on the PGA tour come later 2021. And I think it didn't really register with me till about a year ago that how important those fall events are with the wraparound schedule, you know, especially for guys that are making the jump, how real important they are to kind of get as many points as you can. So you can keep that card every year. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They're huge. I mean, I, you see it um, like we had a couple of guys come back after quarantine this year that just didn't get enough starts once the new year hit because they didn't play well in the fall. And it's uh, I mean, it's so crazy that, I mean, you go straight from playing, 17 18 events in a row on the corn Ferry schedule to the next week you're playing eight eight to ten more events on that fall schedule and so you have to play well all year especially as a corn Ferry graduate i mean it's so important unless you you know win that top spot and you're you gotta get to pick and choose your events i mean you have to play well all year and you have to really compete and um play well especially when the time's right um those last few events of corn Ferry season and then uh into the new year so or into the new schedule. So um, 
they're really important. I'm, I'm just focusing on, you know, what I can control right now. And that's the first couple of events of the new year. And I get my body ready for, you know, another long season because, you know, I, I feel like you can play well a few weeks and, you know, if, if I'm consistent and have a couple good weeks and then throw some really good weeks in there, whether they're top tens or, you know, hopefully winning again or uh, some top fives. I mean, that just, that gears me up for another, you know, another good fall and another good, uh, hopefully, hopefully PGA tour season. So, yeah. Nice. Got any advice for junior golfers out that are the, you know, 10, 11, 12 year olds that I know that are up and coming or high school kids that might be looking at making the next, make, making the next jump to college. What, what kind of advice would you have for them out there? Uh, their, their goal is to be playing on the corn fair, the PGA tour. Yeah. I, I just say um, keeping it mentally, never give up. I mean, the thing I realized, you know, at a young age was like, you focus on yourself so much. You don't want to focus on anyone else. You want to play the best game you can play. And that's something I still try to, you know, incorporate in my game is, you know, I don't hit it 350 like Taylor Pendrith does, or, you know, hit every single green like Will Zalatoris does on my tour um, or put it lights out. Like, you know, like um, Braden Thornberry does, but what I can control is, you know, being very consistent, not making many bogeys, you know, playing my game each, each and every day, because, that's the things that separate me from other players. And so that's, I think something that I realized at a young age and that's helped me through each and every level is being, you know, what does David Coker do best? What do like, what do I need to do well to play well each and every week? And so whether it's, you know, hitting your drive long or, you know, hitting it straighter than anyone in the, on, um, in your tournaments or whatever, um, just not making the mistakes, not making mistakes when you usually do something well. And that's the thing I've tried to, um, when I wasn't playing well this year, I, I realized I was getting out of rhythm with the things I usually do well. And so um, that's something I just encourage, you know, all young players to realize is what, what do you do well and do it well every single time and not get out of your comfort zone when you aren't doing it well. So, man, that, that sounds like me as a high school golf coach about 12 years ago. That's what I'd tell my, <laughs> yeah. like, stay in your lane and play your yeah. game. Don't play exactly. what everybody else is doing. So, uh-huh. and I love to hear that. It's awesome. Yeah. Awesome, so. David. Well, we don't want to take too much of your time up, but we appreciate you coming on. And well, you yeah. got some new fans here. Absolutely. Man. Yeah. We Perfect. appreciate talking to you. And no uh, Terps. Good luck yeah, with the uh, next year and everything, brother. All right. Really appreciate you guys. Hey, appreciate it, David. Thank you. Take Thanks. it easy. Happy Bye. holidays. Bye.